This is the Podium Finish Live from Austin, Texas, and various points across the country. Here's your host, Rob Tiamson. And a good, good day to everyone out there listening to us. Welcome to episode 104 of TPF Live, the world's fastest hour of racing talk. You have caught the Daytona 500 preview edition of the Podium Finish Live, and I'm your host, Rob Tiamson. Joined alongside Brooklyn Jackson. I'm so happy that you could be here for our special regular season edition of our show. Yes, regular season. A couple of weeks ago, we were previewing the Bushlight Clash, laughing about MGK. MGK doesn't show up. Danny Hamlin wins. He says his villainous phrase. But guess what? It's all forgotten about. We're talking about the real deal now, folks. So real deal is in who cares about Valentine's Day or Single Awareness Day. We're here to think about Daytona. Daytona, Daytona, Daytona. So I am so excited. It's the 76th season of NASCAR. It's my 17th season as a journalist. For Brooklyn, it's season number two. And for TPF, it's just, it's been around as long as I have. So year 17 is going to be good. It's the Darrow Waltrip or Chris Mosher year. We'd like to put it that way. So a lot to get to. Uh, I almost said 18 because if you remember a certain driver who drove car number 18 for about 10 years, then you probably know who our guest is for today. Yes, folks, I'm talking about Bobby Labonte, the 2000 NASCAR Cup Series champion and 1991 NASCAR Xfinity Series champion. And oh, by the way, he's currently on Fox NASCAR as an analyst for NASCAR Race Hub and also for NASCAR Race Day and the FS1 telecast and Fox telecast throughout the first half of the year. So we have Bobby Labonte on the show a little bit later on for the hot seat. And oh, by the way, a lot of opinions we're going to get into momentarily. But right now, let me go bring in Brooklyn. And we're recording this, by the way, on Tuesday night. So if you're looking for poll predictions, we'll give those to you. But chances are we're probably going to be wrong. But that's okay. That's why we're going to make predictions. But anyways, Brooklyn, welcome to the show again. How are you doing? I'm good. I am so excited to be back. Um and I'm in the Daytona state of mind. I love it. Daytona state of mind. And we're going to be talking all about the World Center of Racing for this next hour. It's the greatest speedway in NASCAR. I mean, Indianapolis is the greatest speedway in all of the world. But for NASCAR, we got to love Daytona. And uh, it's going to be fun to talk about the old lady and what she'll be doing with our drivers and teams in these next several days. But right now, folks, before we get into all the Daytona talk and discussions, if you will, why don't we hear from our presenting sponsor, SpoilerDieCast.com. Hey, racing fans, are you in the hunt for the latest and greatest in diecast cars? Head on over to SpoilerDieCast.com to get the latest offerings in Lionel Racing, NASCAR collectibles, IndyCar collectibles from Relay Collectibles, and much more. If you spend $20 or more, in in-stock or pre-order items, you can save 5% off your order and get free shipping with promo code TPF. So head on over to SpoilerDieCast.com, spend $20 or more, and use promo code TPF to get free shipping and 5% off your order. Evan and his team get those orders out fast in lightning speed fashion. A proud sponsor of TPF Live. Yes, indeed, folks, go ahead and use that promo code TPF 
and you can get 5% off your orders and free shipping. If those orders are $20 or more, it doesn't matter if it's in stock or pre-order items, just do it up folks, save yourself some money, feel a little good about yourself. And if you're looking for some 2024 cars, guess what folks, just be a little patient. And in the springtime, when this, you know, the summertime's a little bit further away, you can get your die cast in hand. And uh, I'm telling you, they look really good. Our friends at Lionel Racing know what they're doing. So do it up, folks. Support SpoilerDieCast.com. You're supporting us and you're making yourself feel happy. Hopefully your spouse or your partner is understandable about that. I mean, come on, it's Valentine's Day when the show drops. So they should be a little forgiving for you, right? I, if they're not, then dump them. Yeah. Here's about them, right? Yeah, just dump them. Bump, dump and run, you know? I'm kidding. Don't <laughs> listen to me. Don't listen to me. Or maybe you should, depending on how things are going. Uh, but anyways, SpoilerDiecast.com is the presenting, spoil, presenting sponsor of TPF Live. Now, before I get in trouble with all your spouses or your partners, let's go and run away now to Pugging Perspectives. Powered by SpoilerDiecast.com. And as I'm dodging tomatoes thrown by the audience that's not here, why don't we talk about a certain race that took place in Los Angeles, the Bushlight Clash. Now, I know, like I said at the top of the show, that was a couple weeks ago. And yes, Denny Hamlin did do that villainous phrase. I beat all your favorite drivers again. And his father, Dennis, was not happy about it. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, he was not thrilled, wasn't he? That kind of actually surprised me. I was like, oh, like he made that very public. I mean, it's one thing to just like say that to him in like private, whether like in person or on the phone or something. But I was like, oh, he <laughs> let that video be posted. <laughs> yeah, he put his son in the doghouse because uh, I think he was just like, dude, just get a grip on it. We know you're we know you like being the bad boy of NASCAR. Right. But, but... Uh, you know, you want to win the court of a public opinion once in a while. Right. Right. So in any event, he wins the Bushlight Clash. Toyota looks really good, but also too, it was just an exhibition race. Daytona is a different beast altogether. But as far as the Bushlight is concerned, you know, we heard a lot of things. Yeah, people are a little unhappy that the race got moved to Saturday night. Oh, it might be the last time that NASCAR will race in the LA Memorial Coliseum. But Brooklyn, I know we didn't get a chance to talk about this uh, when I had the show last week, but what were your thoughts about the Bushlight Clash? Did you think it was a good race in LA? Do you think it's run its course? Like, I just want to get your opinions on things. I I thought it was definitely a good race um, as far as on track. Um, I feel like we are finally seeing, I mean, there's some debate on this last season, but I feel like we're finally all, like, whether it be drivers, fans, everybody, I, find, I feel like we're finally all getting comfortable with the next-gen car. You know, we're at this point, we're kind of settled into it. Um, and I feel like you can, you're starting to be able to tell that with the drivers, with the way they talk about it, the way they approach it. Um, for me, it just felt, whether it was the time away from racing, I don't know. But I could just tell they were just comfortable with it. Um, and I mean, this is that a track we go to only for the clash. Um, it's not even a real track, right? Um, it's a track that we made. Um, 
I do feel like it has run its course. Um, when we talked about it with Taylor a couple weeks ago, I kind of said the same thing. I do feel like it's maybe run its course. Um, I would like to see it somewhere else. I don't really have any specific ideas of where else. Um, but just, you know, somewhere, like another adventure, another like interesting place like the L.A. Coliseum. Um, that we can, you know, see how good the racing can be or how what we can get out of it. Yeah, a lot of consensus about the Bush Light Clash is, hey, it worked in the football stadium in L.A. Maybe mm-hmm. we could take it, you know, to Mexico next year. Right. And- Mexico has been talked about a lot, which is exciting. I think I would love to see that. I think a lot of people would be very interested in that. And it would be interesting just because of the fact that NASCAR has really made a concentrated effort to be a a lot more diverse, try to be more inclusive to different Mm -hmm. uh, countries, ethnicities, just trying to like uh, become more global, if you will. Um, Absolutely. And the other thing I love about the idea of going to Mexico is obviously we've seen a lot of drivers from Mexico race in NASCAR, even before Daniel Suarez, we had Carlos Contreras in the truck series for quite a few years. Um, we also had a bunch of other drivers. I mean, right now in the NASCAR um, Mexico series, we have a really great young driver, uh, Andres Perez de Lara, de, de Lara uh, who's racing right now. He's he's in the ARCA series and sometimes makes his way to the West and East Coast races. So I think the possibility to take this internationally, whether it's Canada, if they want to have it in the cold weather, but probably Mexico, it's, you know, a little bit nicer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that'd be cool. I'm kind of curious if we take this to a football stadium in Mexico, in Mexico. or do we, or do we take it to like, you know, a road course or I know Autodromo um, Rodriguez, the uh, Hermanos Rodriguez, which is where the NASCAR Xfinity race and F1 races right now in Mexico, they have an oval layout. So that would be an interesting situation right there um, to have us. That is the interesting thing because I feel like if they don't talk with LA anymore, if we do move on from LA, I feel like Mexico is kind of um, from what we, from what outsiders know, Mexico is kind of possibly the next move. Um, I can definitely name a few people who would like to see it at a road course, maybe. Um, But like you said, it's going to be interesting. Is it, do they find a track? Do they find a, another football stadium um, that we just make a track at? And the thing I'm thinking is if we're going to do the football route in Mexico city is out for now, what doesn't say we can't do this in Phoenix, like that, that where the Super Bowl takes place all the time or Las Vegas in Allegiant stadium. Um, you could even bring it to the Northeast, which would be, uh interesting if you want to deal with the snow but if it's a you know in a stadium that would be that would be something but i love the fact that they try to do something different with the bush light flash and uh the thing for me brooklyn that i i kind of feel bad about bashing the bush light clash during the time that you and and taylor kitchener are on i was like yeah i don't think we should run there anymore and then that race happened to be one of the better bush light clashes in history i right. thought I, I love the fact that, like you said, the drivers are getting comfortable in the next-gen car. Um, we weren't seeing the, the tentativeness where people are like, oh, if I hit the bumper, 
uh, I'll get a headache because I think Bubba Wall said he had a headache. Kyle Larson, right. I think, might have said he had one too. But nobody felt, you know, any physical pain that we knew yeah. of. They were going yeah. three wide, dive bombing each other. You can I was see like, the confidence, whether it be with Ty Gibbs and Joey Logano off track. Uh-huh. You can see it on the track with, I mean, everybody. I mean, you could just feel the confidence um, that we maybe haven't seen, um, especially from the clash. But I would argue to an extent in the next gen car yet, which makes me excited for this season. And I hope that this. I mean, if they're feeling this confident at the clash that we have two different squabbles, like. Because we're going to see some of that carry over, I think. Absolutely. Joe, I mean, uh, Joey Logano is still a little displeased with Ty Gibbs. And I think. To paraphrase it, or as you kids would say, TLDR, um, he was basically saying that Ty Gibbs kind of reminds him of himself when he was younger, but yet he had other people kind of mentoring him on what to do. Like they were self-policing him and he feels like he doesn't know how to connect to, to Ty in a way that the veterans like Kevin Harvick were doing in 2010, 2009, around that time period. We know, I think Ty Gibbs being a champion in the Xfinity series in being a winner in everything he's done so far i don't think he has to get too much advice from joey logano um at least if i were thinking like him he's probably thinking hey old man just just stay in your lane i'm gonna do my thing you know (laughs) um so that's how i see but i think joey logano will probably teach him a lesson like dale earnhardt did to jeff gordon at phoenix in 1983 uh when we get to our first short track race of the season I mean, Phoenix, we don't we don't call it a short track, but it races like one. Who's to say that he's right. not going to do something to him on a restart? So, yeah, I think here's the thing with that. I think there's definitely I mean, there's a time to learn from people who have more experience than you. But there's also a time to say, hey, I have I have fresh ideas. I'm I'm me. I'm Ty Gibbs. I'm I'm a different person. Here's how I'm going to do it. Um, so, I mean, that's a line that everybody walks, um, and that's what makes life, especially NASCAR, interesting. We know Whether how that is. Or... We know how it is for the young drivers and the veterans, because in the truck series, we saw that happen with Matt Craft and, and Nick Sanchez at Talladega. Absolutely. You know? that's. I mean, <laughs> there's several examples. I mean, this happens in life, but you you see it play out on the TV when this happens in NASCAR, um, that these younger drivers just, they get a season or two in, they get their confidence and they figure out what they want and they go after it. And when they do, they typically succeed consistently and that threatens the older drivers. I mean, we saw that with Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson during their time in the cup series, we saw that, I mean, we kind of see it to an extent still with, within Hendrick. I mean, you can kind of see the, a little bit of a schism that goes on at Hendrick. Maybe not so much with age, but like the tenureship, if you will. Uh, I know that's not a word, so don't don't at me, folks, for using a word that doesn't really exist. Tenureship. Okay, tenure. Excuse me, grammar nerds. Kyle Larson is someone I think of with this whole thing, too, because he's obviously not a Hendrick veteran yet. I mean, we're, he's now in season. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, that's a really good example um, that he and Chase and 
I'll, I'll just use Chase because he's the best example. I mean, and we've seen this that uh, we've seen that dynamic kind of be rocky at times, uh, especially last season, right? So they they're close in age. Chase is only a couple years younger than Kyle, but Chase has been spent his entire career at Hendrick. Uh, Mr. Hendrick helped bring him up through the ranks, right? Um, but with Kyle Larson, he comes in with a few years under his belt with another team. Um, and so, hey, I'm Kyle Larson. This is how I do things. This is, and Chase has to deal with that um, in the shop and on the track. Um, they have to work together. I mean, it's a new dynamic. And I think, too, which also upsets the dynamic as well within the Hendricks thing situation before we get to our next topic. Think of the fact that Chase, yeah, he won the championship in 2020. Then this new kid comes along and he steals your thunder. Right. (laughs) Timing plays a big role in that dynamic also. You're exactly right. I agree. I mean, I would be jealous if, you know, I was the top dog for a year. Then you bring in a new employee and he or she or they just kick my butt. And they show not in, like they're trying to show off, show me off, but like Kyle won ten races to chases what I think two or three victories Gosh, uh, in twenty twenty one. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I, I mean, it's natural. I know neither driver going to say it, but come on, if I was Chase, I'd be jealous, a I little mean, upset. Two extremely competitive drivers. They're two yep. of the best of the very best. We're going to see this happen a lot this year with Chase and Kyle. I think it's going to continue. You know, I, I, I'm, ex- I'm excited about the fact that Chase is hopefully fully healthy this time around. Stays away from snowboarding. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be interesting because he won't have a familiar, he won't have familiar voice in, in the spotter stand, but, you know, it'll be his cousin. So nothing, yeah. so, nothing unusual. Yeah. I so, think that'll be good for him. I think it will be, and you know, and as of this recording, we just got the qualifying order uh, sheet from NASCAR Media, and I'm just looking at this as we speak. So there's 42 entries that have been entered into the Daytona 500. Of course, two of them are going to go home. So it looks like Carson Hosevar, who's a rookie this season, will be the first car to, to log out time in. And then the last driver will be Bubba Wallace in the number 23 car. We know he's a two-time runner-up at Daytona. And he made it clear on the Today Show, I want to say a week or two weeks ago, he wasn't going to be settling for another second-place finish. And neither was Ryan Blaney because he's also a two-time runner-up racer. We'll get to the picks in a bit, but uh, it's interesting to see. I do want to talk about pole sitters in a bit because I kind of have an idea as as to where we're going to go with the front row and who's going to win Daytona. But... Love to. It's always fun when we're doing these shows in early part of the week because we're getting all this information literally as it happens. Now, when you're yeah. listening to the podcast, it's like, ah, I already know what's going on, Robin Brooklyn. Why, why are you guys excited? Well, keep in mind, we're TPF live, but like Jimmy Kimmel live, it's not really live. Spoiler alert. I know. Disappointment. I'm sorry. But we're actually finding this out live. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. So Santa Claus does exist, okay? Don't, don't worry, kids. Does he exist? I don't know. Anywho, MGK is not going to be talked about. I'm not going to laugh. I promise. See, I'm not laughing. And that girl who commented to my video, commented on my video on YouTube, take a chill pill, please. 
Now, <laughs> let's move on to our next topic, which I am so excited about that I'm choking up with excitement. NASCAR had a uh, docuseries released on Netflix called NASCAR Full Speed. It's only five episodes long. It was released a couple of weeks ago, but it detailed everything that was going on. I want to say during the second half of last season in the Cup Series. And if you've noticed, folks, it did show certain drivers and teams a little bit more than certain other drivers and teams. And a particular driver, Brad Keselowski of RFK Racing was like, wait a second. I gave y'all permission to go film my stuff. So what gives? But uh, if you haven't seen NASCAR and you did watch the series and you somehow are listening to our podcast, you are smart. But anyways, that's not why we're talking about that. I want to get Brooklyn's opinions before I dive in with my opinions. So I'm sure, Brooklyn, you have seen it in some form or fashion. What are your thoughts on that five-episode run that we had for season one? Did you think it was good? And do you think it's worthy of a second season? I absolutely think it is more than worthy of a second season. Um, I, I loved just getting to see the drivers in a way we don't often get to. Um see more of their personal lives um what makes them tick that's because we get to hear them talk about their cars and their crew chiefs and certain tracks we get to hear them talk about those things a lot um but it's not every day we get to hear them talk about uh what they enjoy their kids or like i just said what makes them tick in general and the thing too is we got to see a lot of the inner workings of the drivers away from the track such as Christopher Bell knowing the lyrics to almost M- every Eminem song, which right. that was. <laughs> I mean, just small stuff like that. Yeah. It's just, I enjoy knowing stuff like that. That's part of what got me into NASCAR is just knowing small stuff like that. And I love the fact staying with Christopher Bell. He's a dude who just wants to have the best grass in the neighborhood. And uh, I know being a little older and having my own house that I'm renting right now, that I'm like, oh yeah, I want to have the best looking yard. I want to have it nice and cut fresh and looking better than my neighbors. And I thought it was funny when he was talking to his wife, Morgan, in their car, their car. He's like, did that guy have better grass than us? And she's like, oh my God, like just move on. We're, we're trying to do our little charity event at NASCAR Hall of Fame. And I, I was like, this is cool. That's what I wanted to see more than, you know, the, the stuff that happened on the track. And also too, how... William Byron put a lot of work in to even finish 15th at Martinsville, but not talking about the performance in terms of results. Just the fact that he was so spent. I didn't realize, like, I know Nathan was there to get the the post-race quote and we saw how he looked in the photos, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize just how worn out he was from doing 500 laps at that bull ring in Southwest Virginia. And William's in great shape because they showed him working out with his coach and, um, we even saw Ross Chastain doing like that extra, the coordination exercises uh, with the most lights. like Hunger Games thing. Yes, yes, <laughs> that I was thought that was fun. Hunger Games. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. it was super fun, and um, I love seeing that. And also too, just um, William Byron teasing his his mother. I think at the Hendrick party when they won like what their 300th race in their team's history, and they were having a little party on at camp on the campus and. Uh, William was just teasing the fact that his mother was there. And they're like, oh, yeah, your mother, she's here. You brought your mother here? But, of course, they love Dana because she's been, you know, if you know the story about Dana Byron, 
everybody loves her. She's a good yes, yeah. Soul, and she's she's been through a lot. So the team likes to rag on yep. the uh, the team likes to rag on William a little bit, um, <laughs> just a little bit. And I think it's interesting too how um, Gianna was. I, I mean, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but of course, when you look at the the spouses, certain folks might be like, oh. Yeah, she's only with him because he's a race car driver, but you get to you got to see that, like they're really genuine connections between right. Ryan and, and Gianna. I loved how she was telling him, You're Ryan. You're Ryan F and Blaney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was a that was a sweet moment. I was thinking, you know, you can't scrub you can't write that one. You can't script that up. That was a very genuine interaction. And compared to Drive to Survive, I loved it. I loved it. I want to see more teams. And yes, like Ryan Ellis says, I want to see the Xfinity series if they can make that happen. Although I kind of understand why we're doing the Cup Series only because Drive to Survive doesn't focus on the F2, F3, and um, the F1 Academy, the you know, the women's series uh, for their ra- racing ladder. But overall, like I said, I think I gave it about a seven and a half, eight out of 10. Um, I just wish they showed a few more teams because. Otherwise, other than those moments that you and I talked about Brooklyn, it was mostly Danny Hamlin. Yeah, that's the one thing. I wish they would have divided it up more um, because that's, I mean, that's what makes Drive to Survive as close to perfection as you can possibly get. I think is it's so equal. You can just, I mean, you feel like you're with everybody. Like you, it doesn't matter, like the camp, the person. I mean, you get an equal amount of time or what feels like it with everybody. Um, and this maybe wasn't so much that, um, but it was still, I mean, I think it still deserves a second season. I think if they do get a second season, that's the only thing I would like to see improvement upon. And hopefully if they get a second season, make it more than five episodes, like maybe eight to ten episodes yeah. long. Yeah, that's um that's kind of like the NWSL uh mini series un- under pressure. It only has like I think four episodes, and I was like, "Dang it! Like I need more Alex Morgan." Ah. <laughs> Same exact I thing. Can't, can't I can't argue with seeing more Alex Morgan? Not <laughs> for the guy reasons, I promise. <laughs> okay, maybe for the guy reasons, but. No, she's a fairly great, talented player, and obviously a great leader for the for the squad. And I agree, we they need to have, but that's good, I guess. If they made you want to see more, that means they did their job, right? But, I mean, they they marketed it well. Yeah, I mean, they did exactly what they set out to do: is make me want more. And it was nice to see the promotion that was going on, the tours to be on different shows like NBC's Today Show, which. People mm-hmm. still watch, believe it or not. Uh, and also, too, just having, you know, Ryan Blaney and Bubba Walsh appeared at Madison Square Garden for a New York Knicks game, too. That was that was pretty awesome. And that's, I think Ryan you and I... Fo- Sorry. <laughs> Even though Ryan got cropped out of photos. <laughs> he did. Bring that up. <laughs> he did. And I was like, homie don't do... Homie got disrespected, you know? Like... I was like, how are you going to disrespect the newly crowned champion of NASCAR <laughs> like that? I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you are a student observer, you know that that was him next to Bubba, but they just oh, pretty absolutely. much focused yeah. on Bubba, and I'm like, yeah. 
you can't i mean uh, you, right like you said i mean if you knew you knew that was ryan but <laughs> i don't know it's just funny it was it was just like come on msg or nicks do a little better than that but uh, we were talking about this a lot uh, late last year when you were you know a co-host for several of our late season shows how nascar needs to market itself better and it seems like they're, they're hey we, we gotta give them credit okay it's like when a parent tells their kid to do something better and the kid's doing better so they're they're taking they took a couple of big steps i have to pat them on the back yeah and this is I, all we haven't even dropped the green flag in daytona yet i mean so i can't um, wait to see what they do this season to market better I really hope that whoever wins this year's Daytona 500, they get to do a bunch of those talk shows in the beginning of the week after they do the induction ceremony on Monday or Tuesday. I don't want to say Tuesday, Monday. I'll be optimistic about the forecast. Monday, so that whoever wins gets to go on like Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon or Colbert or even The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, which if he wants to bring up the Daytona 500 winner, be my guest. The more promote, the more publicity, the better for the sport. Um, so I hope that that happens. And I know the winner is going to regret all the attention because that kind of, well, no, they won't regret it too much because we're going to Atlanta. So there's no practice. So do all the attention grabbing they can get for interviews. I uh, completely agree. I think we should just be doing that at random times. I mean, not after, not just after like crown jewels, but I mean, I enjoy, um, you know, seeing them on talk shows, definitely, but um, on the radio randomly, like Ryan was on the Bobby Bone show after he won the championship. I mean, let's just get him places like that more consistently. And I think we would see a great improvement on as far as like marketing and exposure goes. And that's great because whether it's a TV show or a radio show or being on a, on a YouTube series or anything that the 18 to 34 demographic follows do it just get in get the exposure out there you're not going to expect the same questions that we would ask or bob hawkers would ask but that's okay it's about getting the the attention out there so that more new faces new names can learn about what nascar is really all about so Right. It's exciting. We have a young champion who has been on Bobby Bones, and I know who he is. And I'm only I'm I'm close to forty, but I I'm aware of who he is. That's right. pretty huge <laughs> that he was right. on there. So personally, for me, I, I we we missed out on having a NASCAR Cup champion be on the, the late late show with James Corden when he was doing that show because I would have loved to have seen a carpool karaoke. Oh, with Ryan. Oh, they would have had a blast together. I can only imagine the chaos that would have ensued. I mean, we got a little bit of one with Jeff Gordon and Michael Strahan, but. Right. But... We can kind of imagine, right? I mean. <laughs> and it would just be funny to hear how horribly bad they would sing in the car with James Corden. So it would, it would be amazing. Because he'd probably carry the tune for them and like. I don't know. Like I'm trying to picture Chase Elliott singing, and I I can't imagine him being. <laughs> I may have to. There is one video online of him singing, or there's a couple. I mean, they're from like a long time ago, like se well, several years ago. Not maybe a long time ago, but several years ago. Um, and they're funny. I mean, just any of them. I mean, 
not even just out of the Hendrick camp, but like I'm just trying to think of like Bubba or I mean Kevin Harvick. Can you imagine Kevin Harvick singing? I mean, I know he's in the booth now, but like how much fun would that be? It would be fun because you want to get them uncomfortable. Not like uh, deliberately uncomfortable, but to have a little fun. Because let's face it, everybody sings. Like right. whether you're good or bad, you, it, it's it's just a thing that we as humans do. And that would have been, it would be so cool to see the drivers embracing their candidness. Like the, the element of what we do every day, which might be mundane for us. But if you see a, a public figure like them doing that, that makes everybody go, oh, they're 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 more than just good old boys or you know dogs racing around a circle they're they're having fun out there like we would so i'm hopeful that we like you said don't just do it after daytona let's do it like after you win martinsville or dover or even austin yeah i mean you're just pop in just do it hey we're going to pocono or sonoma this week yep and that's even better if you go to and get them at an event that you know you don't expect like a Pocono because I know it's a vacation destination for couples and lovers and all that but it's also a chance to you know showcase a different place and make people go oh the tricky triangle yeah why is it called that or Darlington what makes turn two so dangerous? Why should I be, why is the announcer always emphasizing that? Hmm, that's interesting. So I, I, for one, I'm on, I'm with you on that Brooklyn and I want to see them do that. So hopefully this year, I hope NASCAR is listening. Maybe they are. I don't know if they listen to the show. I hope they do. Cause if they are, we're giving them a bunch of ideas. And if they love the ideas, hire us, hire us right now. <laughs> we would, we would you give know, so <laughs> Email me, yeah, you know, at me in a good way, folks. <laughs> you know, and just don't get MGK. I'm sorry, I'm dissing on him again. I know, I know, I know. I actually listen to new music, people. Okay, I'll get into that a little bit later. But um, no, I, I love the fact that we had natural full speed. Like you said, let's get more people out there, more exposure in different settings, different opportunities. That is not your typical, you know, house of car driving. What's it like to win? How's your how's your wife or your you know your per, your spouse doing? Whatever you know, let's do something a little different. So I would love to see that happen for sure. Now I'm gonna make you put on your thinking cap, Brooklyn, because I didn't get to ask you this last time, but I've asked a bunch of the Fox NASCAR folks to do this. So I know I asked you about championship picks, but okay. we're gonna make it a little tougher. Let's all make are too early to call championship four picks starting off with cup and Xfinity and the Craftsman truck series. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> okay. So may I've actually kind of randomly have a tentative list. So I'm pulling that up right now. I'm not just stalling. All right. You said starting with cup and this yes, is how you know this is live. You said yes, starting indeed. with cup. Okay. Yeah. All right. My cup four. Kyle Larson. Um. Christopher Bell. He always mm-hmm. finds a way in there. It's hard to count him out. Um. 
I'm going to go William Byron. Hmm. I'm, I can't remember who I picked as my champion last time. Did I pick him in Cup? Yes. I, okay, that's what I thought. I thought I had him. Yeah, so he's in there. Um, In my number four, for my Cup four, is going to have to be Drum roll, please. Let's go with Joey Logano. Let's just make it interesting. Hmm. Going against the green against Bob Hawkers. I just feel like it's an even year. He loves okay. even years, right? Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> no, I can't I can't go wrong with that. I like it. Okay. I feel like my Xfinity win may be a little more safe. Um, okay, so I'm going to go Cole Custer, Justin Allgaier. I had him in Xfinity as my champion. I'm 99% sure. We're going to go Sam Mayer. Mm-hmm. And... Who do I want as my fourth? Why not go? Ooh, see, this is difficult. You really did make me put my thinking cap on with making me do all four. You know what? Sheldon Creed. Seems like you and Caitlin Vinci are on the right track. I do remember she had him in there, yeah. And when she I did. watched that, when I watched that video, I was like, "Oh, dang! Like, how did I just like?" <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, bad person to overlook. Um, okay, my truck four are going to be Nick Sanchez. I had him for my champion last time, so let's start with him. Ben Rhodes. Grant in finger. And see this fourth in truck is what makes it interesting, I feel like, every year. Um gosh, because so many people could fill that fourth spot. I mean, well, I mean so many people could fill any spot, but gosh, so I have Rhodes in finger, Sanchez. Christian Eckes, he's my fourth. Yep. And I think that's a really good one because we know he built momentum with those victories last year. And if right. it wasn't for Homestead, he could have been the one in the championship four. Right. Um, so I like, I love your picks and, and no folks. She didn't BS that she really did have that out. No, like there. I was looking like in a, like I said, very tentative list on my phone. And like, <laughs> that was very much live and on the spot. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I can promise you folks that mine also is pretty live, but mine will be more on the spot because I actually have not thought this out. So you're going to hear these thoughts out and see how close I am in November. And if I'm wrong, I'm okay with being wrong. I can live with it. Okay. It's part of the fun of making preseason picks. Did you write those down or do I need to write those down somewhere? Um, You can write it down somewhere. And remember, this is going to be in the podcast in our video. So oh, that, that's true. That's true. Okay. We'll keep me honest either way. So we'll start off with cup, like you said, or as I said, or both of us said, 
So for the Cup Series Championship Four, this one's pretty easy for me. So, of course, I'll go with William Byron, Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson. And for my fourth one, I really think you have to look at somebody. Ooh, this is tough. For me, I would say Martin Truex Jr. Because of the fact that he is getting towards the end of the line of his career. But he's not like he's, he's not like he's slowed down or anything. I think he's just, he would like to go out with a bang. And given what he's been through the last couple of years, anybody would be affected by what's happened. I'm not going to go and do Rick Allen it up, but I will say, uh, I think Martin Tricks Jr., he was really motivated last year. And I think with a little bit more consistency and less bickering with Crew Chief James Small, I think the number 19 team could be that fourth entry in the championship four. I think when I said for my championship pick, I said William Byron. So I'm going to stick with that. Um, I think, but, yeah. but I, I would not be surprised if any of those three that I didn't say would win the championship could make a case to win the championship in Phoenix. I would yeah. love to see that championship four personally myself for cup. Now for Xfinity, I thought this one out actually. So I think Sheldon Creed for sure. I okay. think AJ Allmendinger, Sam Mayer, and Justin Allgaier. Now, I think for the Xfinity Series Championship, I actually forgot who I picked for this one, but I will. I'm not going to say AJ Allmendinger because that would make I was me look. Say, I feel like you didn't say Dinger because you said you didn't want to jinx him. Yeah, I didn't want to jinx him. And I also don't want to seem like, oh, Rob, picking someone who, he, okay, I'm, I can be. Uh, unbiased he is one of my buddies okay but i'm not gonna be like my my but one of my buddies is gonna win the championship oh so i'm gonna be a little bit un, un, uh, unbiased here i will have to say sam mayer will win the championship why do i say him i love the momentum he had late last year he won at homestead he won those ro- the road courses at what uh Watkins Glen, road america and the roval so he knows how to get wins pretty quickly. And if you're good at road courses in the Xfinity series, even now, I think that bodes well for you to be in the championship four. But he needs to work on, of course, like any young driver, is just being a little bit less aggressive. But you have to consider his career evolution. The guy used to wreck a lot of wreck race cars in 21. But then in 2022, he learned when to be aggressive and when not to be aggressive. And oh, by the way, he did go flip over upside down. Um, at Daytona, um, I think 2022 or 23, but he was able to make it happen and, and have a great year last year. So I think for me, I like what I'm seeing out of Sam Mayer. So number one to be number one in the Xfinity Series Championship four. Now for trucks, I know I said Christian Eckes is going to win the championship. I'm still standing by that. So yes, he's in my championship four. I, I agree with Brooklyn. I say Nick Sanchez makes it um, because we know he can get the job done with getting good qualifying efforts. He just has to seal the deal and win some races. Ben Rhodes, I think a lot of people are forgetting him right now, and he feels a little bit slighted by folks. So I think Ben Rhodes and Thor Sport number number the number nine 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 team is going to do really well this year. The fourth one's pretty tough because it, everybody would say Zane Smith, but we have to fre- remember he's not there anymore. He's in the Cup Series as a rookie for uh, for Spire via Trackhouse. 
Um, and Carson Josefar, he's also not there anymore. He's, he's also there. inspired. Yep. He's gone. <laughs> so in every series is what gets you one, two, and three. You can make a pretty comfortable pick, but that fourth seat mm -hmm. is like, eh, there's like five to 10 people who could easily fill this seat. Oh, seriously. I mean, you could make an argument for almost anybody. You could say, oh, I think Corey Hunt could be that person. I could, I think Tanner or Taylor Gray could be that person. Right. And I'm not dismissing Corey Hunt. I think the kid's going to win a bunch of races. What he needs to work on is his emotional intelligence because it was kind of dumb of him to go after uh, Carson Hosevar when Hosevar and him tangled off turn two. I think that was just simply a racing accident, but you know, it is what it is, unfortunately, at this point. I am going to be pretty bold with this one, okay? So for my fourth pick to make it to the championship four, it's not going to be a Thor Sport driver. It's not going to be uh, someone from... Oh, yeah, it will be someone from these motorsports. I am going to go with Bailey Curry because Ooh. I think Bailey showed a lot of speed last year when he was able to make starts in that ride. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, he's probably going to be the guy that gets the good trucks from these motorsports. Not that nobody else won't, but he knows how to take care of equipment. You have to in the truck series. And most of his career has been about preserving equipment. But now he's got really good trucks. And I think the drift with Texas Native is going to show us what he can do when he can finally win a race. And I know when he wins that the Real Men of Genius podcast is going to be, if it's still around, it's going to be, it's going to be. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so I'm going to go with him to, to be in the championship four. But like I said, Eckes for trucks, uh, Mayor for Xfinity. And then for Cup, um, for sure, William Byron. Um, not being Jeff Gordon jinxed in the San Francisco 49ers when he's like 24 and 24, baby. Because, um, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> I don't know. You, maybe you should just not follow the 49ers I, the next time. But I really thought he was going to be right, just completely talking about the Super Bowl for a second. I thought he was going to have the right pick for a solid minute. I mean... Before the yeah. <laughs> overtime. They were playing so well to win the championship. And I think they over coached, overthought it again. Where yeah. in 2020, they were a little too aggressive. I think this time around, they were a little too conservative in the second half. Um, and it showed. But also, Kansas, whenever they were on offense in the second half, you, you really had no doubt with Kelsey and... Mahomes. So I know a lot of uh, Taylor Swift fans are pretty thrilled about what happened in the Super Bowl. And congratulations to the Swifties and Chiefs, of course, most importantly. So, and sorry, Jeff Gordon. I don't know, buddy. I don't think you're going to see a, a Super Bowl championship, especially, especially if you keep uh, making some kind of clip about, yeah, 49ers. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Bernie's still 24. We still have several years for him. Oh, yeah. And he's a good quarterback. He'll learn. And yeah. That's a great squad. I would just love to have, I wish we got to see George Kittle play the rest of that game, but unfortunately he got hurt and it limited Brock Purdy's options. Um, in my opinion, but I still don't think it would have been enough to beat Kansas's momentum and Tony Romo singing, which I'm not going to do for you folks. I don't know if you watched the game, but he was, I heard he was singing quite a few times <laughs> during the telecast. 
No, um, I was I was in and out. Yeah, so I don't remember that, but I don't doubt it. Oh yeah, he he sang like oh, Usher. God. Was he singing Usher? No, he didn't. Unfortunately, like I know he sang to um, "Viva Las Vegas." You know the Elvis uh, song. Okay, that's uh, fair. Yeah. Oh, he sang Adele song. He sang "Rolling in the Deep." Nobody dislikes Adele. I mean, who doesn't like Adele? I know she has a Las Vegas residency, so I'm she sure that's, what, that's probably why he got into the groove of things. But uh, okay, I can sing a few seconds of it before we get you know our asses kicked in the butt. But he said it more like when he was singing, and I was just like, "Oh, Tony, 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 1980s reference, folks, New Jack Swing." That's how I roll. Brooklyn has no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's okay. That's our, I am going to, I will teach you all about good music. Although I will say for good music before we get to our last topic. Yes, folks, I do listen to new music. Harry Styles is really great. And uh, I recently came across a song that of an artist who sounds like my voice when I sing. Not that I'm saying I'm good. It's Kit, uh, Steven Sanchez. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds like me singing. Except if I actually knew how to play the guitar. So, I haven't heard of him. What genre he, is he? He's a uh, well. He's considered like rock and roll, but he calls himself more rockabilly, which is kind of weird in this day and age. Because, or yeah. I call him pop music. Um, yeah. You, you think of pop, of course, it's a lot of electric instruments, you know, samples, and all of that. And here he is. He sounds like an artist who could have easily fit into the late fifties, early sixties. I say that in a complimentary kind of way, like a great way. I'm praising it. Um, right. So I'm just like, man, this, I've been kind of looking for an artist who sounds like the era I like that I didn't live through, but with a modern twist and he does. So I'll, Interesting. I'll, behind the scenes talks, folks, see this, we're do, this is live after all. But um, no, if you haven't heard of Steven Sanchez, folks, he's a, that's a great young artist to listen to, in my opinion. And if my sister's listening, yes, don't judge. Okay. I probably found that that you probably told me like two years ago and I just ignored you. So whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Steven Sanchez, a great, great artist. There's another one too. I can't pronounce her. I think it's like, I probably will get to the next topic. See, this is so, so live. Her name, I think is Emmy, uh, M. Behold, B-E-I-H-B-E-I-H-O-L-D. So... He came, those two artists came up when I was running um, before the podcast because I do listen to Spotify when I work out. So I had it on Harry Styles, his first album. And then it was playing some of these artists I've never heard of. And I was like, wow, this is actually really good. I'm actually going to listen to this. But then when they get to a certain artist, I was like, ah, skip. Uh, so I was like, hmm. Hmm. the music's not that bad, actually, if you you know where to look for it. So Good job, Spotify. I love when you actually do things correctly for a change. And I don't have to listen to old people music. Anyways, I'm not dissing on the older demographics. Let's get back to NASCAR. So, as you know, folks, when we get to the fourth topic of putting perspectives, you know what that means. It's winning time. So, this is when Brooklyn and I and our other co-hosts, when they do appear on our show, name their picks to win the NASCAR races for the weekend. So, of course, at Daytona, we've got the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, fresh from Florida 250, the defending race winner, Zane Smith. But, of course, he ain't going to be racing in that event because he's in the Cup Series. So, 
whoever wins the race is going to be someone new. And then on Saturday night, we had the NASCAR Xfinity Series, United Rentals 300. Oh, by the way, Austin Hills won the last two runnings of it. And he happens to be sponsored by United Rentals. Hmm. And then on Sunday, fingers crossed, because Florida weather, it's the NASCAR Cup Series Daytona 500, in which Ricky Stenhouse hopes to duplicate his great American race victory from last year and get his third Daytona victory so that he could probably do a silly speech again after he gets out of the car. Um, and oh, by the way, by congratulations to his now former PR rep, Jennifer Lynn Chapel. I know for you folks who keep up with the industry, Jennifer was an amazing PR uh, for JT Doherty Racing. And she is moving on to the next phase of life. And I know she has been through a lot. So Jen, thank you for everything you've done for NASCAR and for giving us our first break to cover NASCAR Cup races 10 years ago. So a little shout out to her. But anyways, Brooklyn, now that you've heard the defending race winners, I'm sure if you've given some thoughts on the championship four picks, you have given some thoughts as to, as to who will win the Daytona races. So lay it on me, man, right now. <laughs> okay, so I'll be brutally honest. I've thought about Cup the most. Um, <clears throat> so I think it's hard to go against the Hendrick front row, right? So, qualifying is kind of a different story, but for as far as who I think is going to actually win the race, I'm just going to, uh, and I don't know what you're going to say about this, I think Ryan Blaney gets his first 500. I think he's been so close multiple times. He has momentum. I mean, granted, we have off-season. We've had the off-season. But he's fresh off a championship. I think he gets his first 500. For Xfinity, I think that... Hmm. See, this is... I'm going to say... Let's just say Sam Mayer does it. Okay. I think, I don't know. I just kind of think he's, I just like his odds. I don't know. Um, In trucks. I'm going to say that Christian Eck is, is going to take the, trucks and there you have it and it's gonna be christian eckes sans mustache so he'll look less like the mr pringles guy and look more like a young youngster if you will so good good choices right there and i think any of those picks could very well get the job done so no i'm not i wasn't i didn't judge him harshly i think Blaney makes sense for, for the 500. I think Sam Mayer, he was in position to win last year's race before he had a little 50 flip. Yeah. Uh, and then, of right. course, Christian, I mean, he was, Christian. I mean, he's been close. He's been close. And Christian Eck, as we know, he's a talented driver. So that would be a huge way to for yeah. the number 19 team to 
to start off the year. So I think you read my mind as far as who's going to win the truck race on Friday night. So yeah, I'm going to also go with Christian Eckes. I think he has the speed and potential to do it. And uh, without Zane Smith being in the field <laughs> for a change, now maybe maybe someone else has a chance to win. So I'm going to go with him uh, to get the job done. Uh, and then for Saturday night, if we race Saturday night, hopefully, because Florida weather again. Yeah. Crossing our fingers. Oh, the forecast. Forecasts are always they're always so fun. And you have NASCAR. I saw, right I saw a meme. It, it was actually TikTok. I mean, it was a it was a TikTok. And it was yeah. like um, Mother Nature getting ready to return for her, <laughs> for her best season yet after 2023. <laughs> I was oh. like, no, like, don't wish that on us. Mm, no. And I feel bad. We're not even, like, traveling most weeks. Like, we travel, what, like, one, two, three weekends, four weekends. Yeah. I mean, some, like, one to four weekends. Like, think about the people that are traveling 38 weekends. Like, oh, my goodness. They're just like, <laughs> it can rain like any time before we're there or after the, the, like the whole weekend. Tuesday, over. Wednesday, Thursday, but like Fridays, right. Saturdays, and Sundays, really? It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You can water the grass and, uh, you know, you know the, wet the asphalt before or after we're, we're in town. So Mother Nature just needs to be a racing fan. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> so. If we race on Saturday night, I'll be I'll I'll be optimistic. We're going to race on Saturday night for the Xfinity Series season opener, the United Rentals uh, 300. I don't think it's going to be Austin Hill, I've, although I think he will obviously be a, a major contender. I am going to go with a certain driver who hosts a certain podcast, which they're friends, the Money Lap, Parker Clearman. I think number forty eight can get it done. He's he was so close to being first place on a super speedway. Let's not forget, he could have won at Atlanta before he got turned sideways last March. And I think he had a really great run at Daytona um, in the summer and could have won that one too. Because I know know he was racing aggressively, so he could have made the playoffs because he was kind of on the fringe of things. And his performance in in the summer is what got him in there, of course, with some great runs in in the summer. So I'll go with Parker and uh, Big Machine Racing to be number one. And then for Sunday, who? I mean, I would love to see a Hendrick victory because they're going to have a really big week ahead already. I mean, yeah, like you said, Brooklyn, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Hendrick boys lock out the front row. You can pick any of the four and at least, ha- oh, of oh, course, half I mean, of them is going to do four. it. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> wouldn't be a surprise at all. I mean, if Chase wins the poll, that's a great story. Everyone's going to talk about the comeback, blah, 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 blah. Right. If Larson does it, then the focus will be, can he get over his phobia of super speedways? If William Byron wins the poll, you know, 24 and 24. And if Alex Bowman, yeah, if Alex Bowman does it, then we're going to talk about, oh, you know, can he overcome his injuries? You know, he did this last year. He's won. I think he was on the front row for like, God, this one's going to escape me. I think he's been on the front row for like five or six of the past Daytona 500s. That sounds, yeah, that's close. Yeah, something like that. He's become Mr. Kenny Schrader. He's an Alex for several years. That's right. That's right. Because when Chase was in the 24 car before, those two would often, you know, occupy the front row with each other. So 
I, uh, I, you really can't go wrong with either of them for the pole and the front row. But we, it's one thing to do well on qualifying. It's about another thing to win the race. It doesn't just come down to sheer speed, of course, as it does, as it's, as it always was, as Harry Styles would say, ha 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 ha, as it was. Um, handling is also a factor as well. Yes, drafting partners, avoiding the big run, blah, 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 blah. But if you have a good handling car, I think you're going to go pretty far on Sunday afternoon into Sunday night. So Sprinkle you're going with team. Yeah, exactly. And I like how you went with the team Penske driver. Ryan Blaney would be a kind of nice pick because he's the defending champion. He's been a runner up twice. So if you have the defending champion, boom, he's going to be on the media tour. Uh, that would be a cool story yeah it would be uh and that would be kind of nice because if netflix is filming there and we know he was a star for season one that episode's going to be pretty fun to watch uh by by all means with the family dynamic um his relationship and with the team as well but i'm gonna stick with team penske for the win i will go with joey logano to win because Logano tends to love to be in awkward spots at the super speedways where some drivers are a little finicky about compromising themselves in the middle lane or cutting people off and trying to judge mere inches. And yeah, the spotter, you have to rely on them. But if you listen to them all the time and you don't make the instinctive move to go to the outside or inside, you'll get passed and get dusted. Joey just has that instinct. Um, this is a controversial take. I'm going to say he can see the air like Dale Earnhardt. Oh, he, that's egregious. He has, he has very good intuition. I mean, he just does. He knows where to take that car. And oftentimes it's to the right place in time. Um, and he learned from a really good super speedway racer and Brad Keselowski when he was at team Penske, um, you know, Brad was, winning a bunch of super speedway races at Team Penske. Yes, it also did in the 20-teens. Oh, yeah, Joey Logano did. And I know both of them are really searching for their first great American race win. So I think a Ford will get it done. I think it's a Team Penske, and I think it'll be number 22 that gets the job done for a second time. And um, Joey can hopefully feel a little better about himself after uh not so fun last season because he he made it pretty clear on, on his series xm nascar radio show he didn't have a fun time last year so maybe winning daytona will make him feel like 24 is a little fun maybe i don't know he, of course he wants to win the championship that'll be fun but that's our picks folks what do you think did brooklyn and i get our picks right you tell us and hit us up on social media at the podium finish and if you think we got it right or you think we're wrong and you want to prove it to us, get at us on social media, respectfully, of course. And if you happen to make the winning picks for Daytona, we will personally send you a 164 in-stock diecast car from our friends at spoilerdiecast.com. So do it up, folks. Do the American thing, America thing with the great American race. And it's, aux- it's auxiliary races for Xfinity and trucks. Daytona's fun. Just do it, folks. Now, with that, folks, I think we have gotten your appetite ready. And this week, we have Bobby Labonte in the hot seat. So let's get to it right now.
Welcome back everyone to another edition of In the Hot Seat for the Podium Finish and the Podium Finish Live. I'm Rob Tiongson, and on this edition of the Podium Finish Live's Hot Seat segment, I am honored to have a NASCAR Hall of Famer, a NASCAR Xfinity Series Champion, and a NASCAR Cup Series Champion, Brickyard 400 winner, and Coke 600 victory. I mean, this guy's done more than I have in my lifetime so far, and he's an awesome Texan, just like his brother Terry. And that individual would be Bobby Labonte. It's not his first time being in the hot seat, but it's been about three years since we've had him on here. So times have changed, but he's still racing. And we'll get to talking about that and his current role with NASCAR Race Hub on FS1 and Fox Sports. So before we get started, how are you doing today, Bobby? Good. How are you doing? Uh, Thanks for having me on. I can't believe it's been three years, but uh, uh, actually I'm at the studio today. I was trying on clothes. So this is it worked out perfect for me to be sitting in this chair in this little this little office. So uh, yeah, glad to be on your show. I'm glad to have you back. And yeah, I can't believe it's been three years, but it, when you say three years, when you say 2021 is three years ago, I'm the kind of individual, Bobby, that I think 1997 was a year ago. So yeah, it, don't worry. The older you get, the faster it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to admit that, but yes, you're right. I, I will put it this way. I'm about the same age as you were when you won the championship in 2000. So that makes me feel like, man, I'm getting old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, uh, well, you know what? We'll talk about that another day. But yeah, we're all, <laughs> all going to get older as we go. So let's just, but we'll just make it better. We'll just, we'll strive to be better. So how's that? I like that. And uh, yeah, I'll talk about getting better because I know I always talk about you on social media being in such great physical condition, and I'll get to that in a bit, but let's actually talk about you staying connected with motorsports, first of all, because I know you're very involved with Fox Sports NASCAR Race Hub show and staying connected with the NASCAR garage area. You know, what is it like to still talk to people you probably have raced against or raced with and also the new generation to get all the information, the insights that you can tell the fans at home on Race Hub? Well, it definitely helps, you know, to, to stay connected in it. You know, I, I think back and I it, uh, I think, you know, a few years ago, I was probably disconnected more then than obviously today. And, uh, you know, for me, you know, it's it's not just um, I enjoy being around the racetrack. I mean, it's just I mean, I might as well. I mean, I, I don't I don't nothing else makes me happy like that. So um, so being around people and uh, around racing and, you know, keeping up with the sport and, you know, watching your screensaver from that era but then seeing the new the new era drivers you know and how how stuff works today and being able to talk about it you know really kind of kind of comes full circle you know if i would have you know like i said i spent a few years i didn't wonder around as much and you know if i would have stayed that i mean i think i you know you wouldn't be talking to me because i'd be somewhere off in the distance and not you know relevant but uh but yeah i mean you know i i, I love it and we i've been a you know, involved in some racing and getting to the racetrack and being able to talk about it on, on shows and, you know, being with the group here and, you know, having, uh, you know, all kinds of different people. I, I love the fact I was looking in the wardrobe room of all the, you know, the talent that they have. And you think about all of them there. I mean, they're, you feed off each other and you learn from each other. So um, younger and younger and older and, you know, just diverse and everything. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I love, I love that part about it. So it's real important to, to, you know, not just stay up on racing, but, you know, to, uh, you know, to be somewhat a part of it and, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, when a question's asked or when you talk about something, you try to be as knowledgeable as possible. 
it's really clear that you are. I mean, it helps that you have all those years of experiences racing here in Texas, at the Southeast and across the country, um, in NASCAR, of course, but uh, staying connected with, with the people in the sport. I know technology makes it a little bit easier, but there's nothing that can quite substitute being at the racetrack or, you know, being around your peers when they get to go to the studios in, in uh, Charlotte to talk to you guys. And one of the things I loved with your stint so far in Race Hub is that your older brother, Terry, who I had the fortune to talk to earlier this year, he got to tell you the news that uh, you were named to the NASCAR 75 greatest drivers list uh, mid last year. And I thought that was such a cool moment. You were taken aback. Terry was just so proud of you. And uh, what was it like when you he broke the news to you? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't. One thing about the studio here, I'm going to turn my phone off. Sure. One thing about the studio here is the um, they'll pull a joke on you in a heartbeat. Right. So, I mean, you never know what to expect. And everybody here um, that day, you know, uh, of course, we were seeing people getting announced. Right. For the greatest 75, top 75. Right. So it's like, you know, you see people getting announced and you're like, OK, great. You know, and you know, I mean, everybody, you know, my friends were like, you know, you're going to get in it. You're going to get in it. And I'm like, and you never know. You don't. I mean, I, there's no guarantee. So. So anyway, I, I was sitting here in, in the studio. We're getting ready for the show. And, um, you know, like I said, they pull some pranks on you every now and then and, and or and vice versa. But so anyway, I was sitting there and uh, we were doing the show and um think adam was on it i'm not sure if it's caitlin maybe caitlin but uh anyway we were doing it and and you know he talked to people and it's you know you could tell something was up but i didn't know what was up i mean i didn't i had no idea that all of a sudden you know live on the air they bring terry in there and i just was like flipping out because i'm like first of all you don't like to do stuff like this you know <laughs> it's like what are you doing here you know and so when it all happened i mean it was it was very emotional for me for having him to to tell me that right to to say that and give me the car and you know and all that stuff so anyway that was that was just real and uh to have it done on live tv you know i mean that was uh you know that was very very cool and the people here at fox i mean they're great and i mean just enjoyed it and you know i didn't i didn't i kind of didn't see it coming i knew you know it felt like a different day a little bit weird you know who knows what they're going to do because you just never know and then when that happened you know it kind of made sense of what you know, what was taking place, of course. And yeah, that was, it got pretty emotional for me because, you know, just having it the way it was done. So that was for sure. Cool. We usually don't try to show our emotions too much, but that was, that was a lot of fun and emotional for me. That's the thing about you, Labani brothers, is that you guys are so cool under the pressure, cool under the spotlight that when something like that happens, it's, it's like, whoa, this is amazing. And I thought of it as a full circle moment because you won the race in 1986 at Atlanta, the season finale, and effectively you helped your brother secure the championship by letting him lead some laps. And it was kind of a nice gesture where he got to repay the favor to you um mm -hmm. last year with that moment so i thought that was just so cool and like you said your brother's not the kind that likes to do these kind of things but uh i was I, I, you know having siblings like that i think that's just so cool yeah yeah i mean for sure it was and you know we raced against each other for many years and had those races like that and yeah i mean for sure as the older we get we look back at our career and just realize how you know how good and how big it was you know for for our fans and and um you know for our sponsors alike and owners and you know i mean uh you know, and we, yeah, we're, yeah, we're very, you know, very blessed to have 
have that. I mean, when you're in the thick of it, you don't think about it as much, but later on in life, when you look back on it, it's, it's a very special moment. And you never thought that days like, you know, 1996 in Atlanta would ever happen. And they did, you don't, you don't think you'd be in the hall of fame and it did. You don't think you'd be in the top city. You know, you don't think about that. You just, we just kind of did our, did our deal and, you know, just, you know, work hard and do the best you can. And that's certainly an ex- uh, quality that, you know, I think your, your father, Bob implemented into both of you guys. And I'm sure like Terry, I know when he was growing up, he what, had to go to the beach and Port A or the Nickelodeon theaters to watch races or listen to them back in the day before MRN was even around. And I'm sure you were in- just as equally inspired a few years later and having a, so- a similar situation to that here in Texas, wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, obviously, um, you know, growing up there, I got to, you know, go to the racetrack every Saturday night with Terry, you know, after quarter midgets. And, um, you know, we would read the paper on Sunday of how a race would go. And A.J. Foyt was, you know, racing somewhere, Johnny Rutherford racing somewhere. And then, you know, Richard Petty was the big three for, for me. You know, and then it kind of went down from there and you, you know, keep up with it that way. But, you know, that was usually the that was all you get. Either that or there'd be a, about a 10 second blurb on TV on the nightly news somewhere down the road. But, uh you know, yeah. So we growing up, you know, that was very interesting that we had to find it that way, you know, compared to today. I think a lot of the kids not making fun of them, but they're quite spoiled with what they yeah. get to have today. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right. Oh, I mean, I can't imagine how that was like, but, you know, I was a child of the 80s and I can tell you we didn't have it as good either back then, but it's a lot better now. Um, and one of the shows that I think makes it a lot better now for folks is that Race Hub's been around for so many years and in fact on monday it's going to celebrate its 25 25th wait let me say this again 2500th episode that's a lot of episodes for race yeah. and like you were saying earlier you're touching upon the talents that have been on there and the first person that comes to mind to me will be c burns you know yeah. when you think about how he was on there and then of course caitlin's there with adam and Josh Sims, and of course, Jamie leads the show, and you're there. You know, what does it mean to you to be a part of this program that's going to be celebrating this milestone episode this year? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, um, you know, I've only been here, you know, I mean, several years now, but, you know, on the back end of this, a lot of those episodes, and, you know, I think of Steve Burns. I saw Karen the other night at uh, the Hall of Fame dinner and see her there every year, and, and, you know, of course, I see Steve every time I'm here because he's got a plaque on the wall at the studio. And, uh, you know, so think about him and, uh, you know, think about all the people you mentioned, Shannon, uh, everybody along the lines that, you know, the producers and what all it takes. And that's where uh, I think to me, it's it's hard to explain people. It's like it's kind of like racing. Well, it's like racing, but um, it's hard to, you know, if I can bring my friends down here that they don't have a, they, they just see it on TV and they don't think. Like, oh, it's just a show. I mean, how does that work, right? If you can bring them here and show them what it all it, it takes to to do all this from A to Z, you know, it's always impressive. It's like taking somebody to a race shop and realizing how it's not all about days of thunder. You know, it's not like that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it really is amazing that um, that the show and, and Race Hub and I think all the people here and the host and all that stuff for the years, I mean, you know, just, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool that there's a milestones that you, you know, you, they, I'm sure, I mean, you know, when they did the first show, did they think, well, 2,500 shows later, we're going to celebrate because we're going to do that. You never know. Right. So you just kind of, everybody tries. And what I think about it is everybody works so hard and the passion that they have for it and the friends and the, you know, when you walk up and down the hallways, you, 
you just see the people that are that are here, you know, on rainy days. They don't have to be here, but they're here. And, you know, the show starts next week and some are at home and, you know, through all kinds of stuff. I mean, uh, the passion and the people that are here is, is what's really what makes it, you know. And uh, but like I said, who would have thought that I never thought I'd be in the Hall of Fame? Never thought I'd win a championship. You know, you want to. I don't know that they would, you know, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, you know, you, you celebrate these milestones because, you know, it's, it's not because the, the cable worked great and the, the dish was right and all that stuff, but it's the passion of the people that, you know, come up, get up every day and, you know, have a, have a love for it. I like how you mentioned it's about the people because that's what I think draws people to watch Race Hub. It's not just about getting the latest updates or, you know, seeing clips or hearing, uh, you know, radioactive, which I think is a great pull for the show. It's about the chemistry between everybody. And, mm -hmm. you know, you'd mentioned about Shannon Spake, of course, and Adam, Josh and everybody. The one sense I get as an observer when I watch this show, even when I'm working on my content, is that everybody seems like they're friends and family. Is that truly the case that you'd say is like everybody just gels together because it's like a race team. You're all just working together and I'm sure there's people talking to you to say, Hey, you got to do this. Don't forget to mention this. Like, is it, you said it, it's similar to racing. Would you say it's also like family? For sure. I mean, you know, um, I think of, you know, when I'm on the show with, you know, Adam, Larry Mack and myself, you know, Adam and I, we've known each other for a long time, but you know, cause he was up in the sport and, you know, but working with him's not, I haven't done that that much, but we have a lot in common and, you know, chat about family and, you know, um, animals or, you know, whatever it could be, you know, Larry Mack and I grew up more together as far as the same time frame and racing and racing and racing. So we have a lot more to talk about, you know, and then, you know, when, you know, when there's others on there, you know, sometimes I could be the third one listening, but they're talking about their kids go to school together. You know, I mean, if it's Shannon and David or, or, or somebody else and the Trevor comes in and, you know, we all, I mean, everybody's got a relationship with each other and into some form or fashion and, you know, whether it's, um, you know, we just talk about, you know, you know, what you've been up to lately and it just starts a conversation and, you know, that's, you know, I mean, we're not robots and that's, you know, that's what's so cool about it. And, you know, what you do see on the air is, you know, I mean, you know, we're, you know, I think genuinely everybody's a happy people, you know, just, and we're enjoy doing it. And so enjoy being a part of it. You know, it's where it's just so crazy to me. Sometimes I, I sit here and I think about uh, the producers and everybody and editing and all that stuff. And there's people I don't, I mean, I don't even see them. I'm sure, you know, I mean, you, you pass by, but uh, that's what takes, that's why it takes such a, a crowd. And, you know, so it's a, it's fun because uh, the few times that we do get together and, um, you know, have a get together and everybody or most everybody can show up. And, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we were at Michael Walter's place back in the fall and, you know, just had dinner and, everybody's out there on tables at outside beautiful night and just, I mean, just laughing and getting to know other people that you don't know as well. And yeah, just a great time. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's an hour drive for me, which is nothing. And, and, but I, I, and I tell people that I'll tell people the story, like however many years ago, if somebody said, would you want to do TV? I'd say, no, there's no way. But now I get a thrill of it because it's the people and it's anxiety. And it's a little bit like you're on TV, you're live and you're, you're telling the story and you want to do the best you can, but I kind of go like, it's like a race, you know, it's like you're getting in a race car, fixing to run 500 miles and your goal is to win, right? You, you'd want to do the best you can. You don't want to wreck, you know, you want to win. And if you can't win, you want to finish second. If you can't finish second, you want to finish third. You want to do the best you can. You want to 
and you got to communicate with your people and da 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 da. And I kind of, you know, to me, I kind of look at it that way where, you know, when you do the show and you come down here and you, you know, you're with your friends and and you 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 get ready for a show and you get prepared and you just like go after, it, you know. And I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's a thrill, you know, and it's exciting to me. And you know, I put my heart into it and you know my emotions on it, and I want to do the best I can and you know hopefully get better as time goes on too. I think it's evident, Bobby. And I think when you're on, I'm like, man, this is like a, this is when I really pay attention. Not that I don't pay attention at all to anyone else, but when I listen to you, I'm like, Hey, this is someone from my generation of NASCAR and he's connecting me to the the dots that I may not, you know, see on the racetrack during race day. So I I really value what you have to put on the table for the show. So it's always exciting. And I know you've gotten the chance to be in the booth too. Uh, I do want to talk about that a bit before we get into some of my other questions here about how you got to call the race, I think, at Martinsville last year with uh, Clinton Mike at the uh, 2023 Spring Race. What was that like for you? Because you, you got to see a race in person, but also you were the guest full-time commentator for that race. Well, so, um, yeah, so how that um, – Jacob Oldman called me like three weeks before that. And usually and when he called, uh, uh, you know, answered the phone, I was like, hey, what's going on? You know, and he's like, hey, what are you – what are you doing Martinsville weekend? And I was like, uh, well, we're actually, we're taking a motorhome up there. We're going to watch races. So, well, you know, how about doing the show? And I'm like, Oh, well, we're going to be up there anyway. So, okay. You know, I mean, we were parked in the back straight away and, you know, going to watch the race from like that, from that we're going for the whole weekend. I think the Xfinity truck, I don't know if the truck was there, but Xfinity might've been there. I don't know what all was there, but anyway, so, so anyway, so it worked out. I mean, we'd already planned on going, so it was it, it was an easy easy thing for me. But I actually I had a race on Saturday night. I think it was a must have been a truck race Friday night because I went up in the booth and kind of watched how Phil and Michael did it and, and all that. And um, and then uh, I had to go race Saturday night at Hickory. Then came back Saturday night after the race was over and got ready for the show on Sunday. Blah blah blah. And so you know when Jacob called me and asked me, of course you know the the the, the quick answer is yes and i do have something to do on saturday and they're like fine so i said okay so answer still again yes and so to be with uh you know um you know with clint and mike uh to be a part of that you know crowd and to be a part of uh you know that show i mean uh, you know i was excited about it getting up sunday morning and you know missed the didn't miss the meeting went to the wrong trailer and got ready and talked about stuff and then you know with with clint and mike they're just so professional and you know, you just felt so comfortable doing it. And, you know, we just talked about the race and, you know, you talk about what you know and, you know, you throw some stuff in there that, you know, you're, you're seeing things, a trend and, and all that. But now for me, you know, I love doing it. You know, I'm not, you know, those guys do it every weekend and they're great and uh, they're pros and, you know, but have that opportunity to do it every now and then was a lot of fun. I thought it was really cool because not only are you a past winner there from 2002, but you you just meshed right in with with Mike and Clint, and I think it's a testament to, like you said, them being professionals, but also to your ability to kind of be very flexible on the fly and, and be able to be a great people person. And when you said earlier that you don't think you would ever said yes to TV, I was like, I thought you would because you're the guy back then that most people, younger folks like me, when we played NASCAR too, you were the guy that taught us how to drive the tracks. So I was like, <laughs> man, this guy's going to be teaching doing stuff on TV. So to hear you said, I was like, man. I'm a little surprised by that, but yeah, we'll talk. About, I thought that's a topic for another time, of course. But right, let's talk right. about 
let's talk about you because I got some questions for you about your racing uh, side of your life because you're still very active in racing. And you talked about racing at Hickory. I know for a fact that is because you are in the Smart Modified Tour Series and you do dabble in the NASCAR Will and Modified Series. So I've got to ask you, what is it like to continue your efforts and to take on a rather different kind of car versus the ones that people know about over the years of you? Yeah, the one behind your behind your back is definitely different than what what I've been doing. And, and um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's way different. I mean, and, you know, I had an opportunity to run at, at Bowman Gray a few years ago and help a friend of mine out. And he wanted me to come up there and just, you know, kind of run a few laps and he's going to run a few laps and just, you know, help him figure out what he's doing right or wrong. And, you know, and I was like, eh, all right, I'll do it. So I go up there and I do it. And I spent $5 to get in the gate and I took my helmet and fire suit, got in it and drove off and, you know, run a few laps and, I left and, or I was fixing to leave. And he said, you'll come back for the race tonight. I said, nah, I don't, why would I want to do that? I don't want to do that. So it's only 15 minutes from my house. But so I go home and I was going to have dinner and I was like, well, you know, I might as well go back. So I went back and I paid $20 to get in. I think it's less than that. I think it was like $12. I think I don't know, it was 15, 12, 15, probably 20 or less. So I paid whatever I need to pay to get in, watch him race, saw three fights and somebody won. And I'm like, that's the best 20, you know, 22 bucks I've ever I've spent a long time. So that kind of got me hooked. And then I talked to Burt Myers and we ran a car a couple times in COVID, kind of went through. And then and then towards the year, I wasn't even thinking about it. And a friend of mine called and a guy that I know and, and friend and uh, been around for a long time. He works with the Wood Brothers. He said, hey, you want to drive our car at Florence? And I'm like, OK, sure, maybe. Well, let me, you know, I'm still, you know, wasn't sure, but, you know, went down there and qualified first and finished fourth and i'm like well that works right so then we started racing again and again so so last year was my third year doing it and uh i think total races last year i think i ran uh, 13 16 you know 24 races total between all everything last year so those cars are a lot of fun and you know i was able to do that and run I ran some wheeling races last year and, you know, that was, uh, yeah, that was a big year for me. I mean, we ended up winning a couple races at towards the end of the year. So yeah, those cars are way different, you know, but, um, a kid with Dale jr. I said, you ought to try one one time. He's like, man, they look too fast. And I'm like, yeah, they are quick. There's no doubt about it, but you know, I mean, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun and I never thought I'd race one. And, you know, I was around them back when I raced late models, but I, well they didn't have fenders on them that's not what i want to do so i didn't i didn't even try didn't even think about it well i'm glad you did give it a try and you've been doing it for the last three years and i know you'll do it again this year so i know fans that are in the southeast are going to be excited to see your race being a northeastern native i'm kind of curious would you ever give the magic mile a try because i know everybody in new hampshire motor speedway often says that the modified race is the best race of that entire race weekend yeah for sure i mean um i don't I don't know that it'll ever happen, but, you know, I for sure would love to have that on a bucket list and knock that off because that, um, when we raced up there in the, you know, in the cup series Saturday afternoon, that was the race to watch. I mean, it was, you know, our race was fun, you know, but that was the race to watch. And so we would get up on top of the haulers and watch that whole race from the top of the hauler and, you know, watch those guys go after it. And, you know, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that would be a bucket list for me. I'm not sure I'll get to do it, but that would be a lot of fun to be able to go up there and race because I think it'd be, you know, it just looks it just looks fun and exciting and, you know, how they race is so, so awesome up there. 
I hope that is a, a, a bucket list goal that you achieve because I know a lot of Northeastern fans that love watching your race before an 18 car or even in the 43 car in the mid 2000s, they would love to see that. So never know. You said you didn't think you'd do modifieds and, and you did. So anything's possible, I suppose, as you often have pointed out to me throughout the years. And uh, I do have a couple more questions before I wrap things up. I'm going to give you the analyst cap here because that's why you're here too. Yeah. So I know we haven't seen any on-track action. This is just totally bold predictions we're going to make from you. Who do you think is going to be the 2024 NASCAR Cup Series, Xfinity Series, and Truck Series champion for this year? Hmm. Those are some tough questions. <laughs> some of them I'm just going to have to throw a name out there and just guess because I don't, you know, without without knowing, you know, I know, but I don't, you know, that's a that's a hard prediction. And if I were right, if I if I say this and they all and they all become true, then I think I. I think I'd retire and just go to Vegas, right? So, <laughs> yes. um, so saying that, you know, uh, gosh, you know, the, the truck series, I'm not even sure who all's, you know, they swap seats so much. I'm, I'm trying to think of who's back and in, in, in the right place and, you know, with the right team. Um, you know, I, I got to think of, you know, you know, like a, uh, you know, a Grant Infinger, you know, Ben Rhodes, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, I don't know. I haven't searched, I haven't studied that one as much. So that's probably the harder one for me to guess, but you know, I, you know, cause again, they, they changed teams so much, but where they've changed teams a lot this year, but anyway, saying that, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, let me just say this. I think it'll be somebody new that hasn't won yet. I don't know who that'll be yet. So I'm gonna have to go with that one. Give me a break. Give me a break on that one. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, a non-previous champion would be a new champion, put that way. Uh, in the Xfinity, you know, I have a my my all-time favorite is Justin Allgaier, just for the fact that he's been, you know, close and he's such a good dude and all that stuff. It, it'd be great to see him, you know, win a championship, right? And I think that would be he's always, you know, there for the hunt. He's in it every every year, and you know, I think he's still got a lot of years left. But I think that you know, it would be he'd be a fan favorite for, you know, for me, uh, just because, you know, I've, I've got, I've known him for a long time. So I think if Justin Allgaier were to win the Xfinity championship, that would be, that'd be awesome. Now that's going to be hard to do, but you know, again, I think for me, personal favorite, uh, I think that'd be great. And then as far as the cup series go, you know, I, I look back on it and, you know, that's a hard one too, because there's a, uh, there's so many, it's so, it's still so spread out with, who can win and when you think about Blaney winning last year which was awesome but and how that format is and how all the formats are all you gotta do is be good at the end you know it's just I mean he didn't run that good he didn't look that good throughout the year he kind of did okay but not all the, every time and he wins you know towards the end of the year and for Penske to do that two years in a row with Joey and that where they they weren't that great during the summer and you know they're you know I mean you just didn't figure that right so but How'd they do that? So I don't know that that was a plan, but anyway, saying all that. So I think, you know, when I look back and how I won the championship is because I finished, you know, I was good the year before and the kind of the year before and got better and better and better. So at the end of the day is, is like Christopher Bell, the guy that was, has been knocking on that door for the past three years, young guy, but can't get it done at the, the final race and things that happened that weren't 
you know, to his, you know, win his fall. So, you know, would that be a guy that could win? I think he could win. And so that's my prediction. If Christopher Bell stays after it all year, which if they, if they do like they did last year, he'll be in the top four. And it's just a matter of maybe a little bit of luck towards the, you know, the last race or two. So I'll say with him and then all guy and then a new guy. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you a break on the truck series because yes, yeah. even if he I studied it and I don't even have a pick for that yet, Bobby. So yeah. I'll I'll need to watch until I get to Coda to even give you a fair tra- choice on that. So yeah. I'll say Allgaier, uh, new guy for trucks, and Bell. I like the pick of Bell. Um, and also too, I think the new Toyota nose might be a big help for them too, because I know that's something they've been trying to get a handle on over the years of this next gen car. You may have answered my question, Bobby. Would you say Christopher Bell, somebody in today's field, reminds you most of yourself, or is there another driver in the Cup Series that reminds you of yourself? Uh, I've always looked at Eric Jones as being a really good guy, nice guy, and and you know, um, you know, can get more out of a car, and you know, um, and but yet when he's given the right opportunity, he can win. You know, he has won, and uh, so I, I I think Eric Jones is kind of maybe my my pick as far as you know one of the other guys or one guys that kind of like I look at and you know could talk to and you know I you know I mean he's he's there and you know but he's not he's not doing something you know I mean he's just you know he, he's kind of like me just kind of floats in under the radar a little bit races you know and, and he's going to have great opportunities better this year. Every, every year gets a little bit better for him, I think. And then, you know, he kind of, um, yeah, I mean, he just, you know, you don't hear him say anything, you know, too much. And just, you know, he was just kind of a kind of quiet, but yet, you know, lets his, uh, you know, on track talk for him and respectful guy. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of the key things that I think that maybe that's uh, what I think about when I started off, you know, um, you know, and, and, yeah, I mean, studies a sport. So, yeah, I think Eric Jones is another guy that I really like. He's a really nice guy, a good guy. And, you know, he can, you know, he, he's a good or hard racer. But, you know, like, again, it don't, I don't repeat it, but he doesn't, you know, you don't, you don't hear about him. You know, you just kind of watch him and, you know, admire him for that. I like that choice of Jones. He's kind of a somebody like you. I, I think the best way to put it is he speaks softly, but he carries a big, heavy foot. <clears throat> sure. Yeah. So that's the way I'll put it for sure. My last question for you, and I'm really enjoying this. In fact, I didn't even get to get to my other questions, so I've got to hopefully have some time with you later this year. If you could give yourself advice about the life you've had so far versus, say, back in 2000 before you won the championship, what would you tell yourself about the journey you're about to have from the year 2000 to do the 2024? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for me, if I could, you know, rewrite it, you know, I would, um, you know, I would probably enjoy the journey a little bit more. Uh, I think I was hard on myself, probably hard on other people too. And, you know, trying to be, you know, better than I was, uh, trying to be, uh, I think I enjoyed it when it was good, but yet, you know, making some, you know, of course we all can make better decisions if we think back on it, maybe to a point, I mean, some more than others, some decisions more than others, but I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I'd probably just enjoy it more. You know, I mean, I enjoyed it. It seemed like I enjoyed it on the backside of it. You know, I enjoyed things on the backside of the of the years and um, and the and the people and stuff like that. 
not that I didn't enjoy it then, I just didn't relish it as much. And so if you had to think about a 20 year, you know, span, you know, uh, enjoy it more, you know, document it more, which, you know, we didn't have the phone camera back then, um, you know, document it more, uh, uh, cherish those moments. And then, you know, I don't, I don't think I could have worked any harder. You know, you just want to, you want to make sure you make, you know, you make some of those decisions and sometimes you're set in your way and you could have wished you weren't and, you know, just enjoyed other things too along the way. But, um, it's like, you know, to me, I wish I could have played a little more golf or fished a little bit more or, or hiked a little bit more and took that day off instead of thinking I had to do something every day to be that much better, which is true, but also you can, you need to give yourself a little bit of break every now and then. And that's probably one thing too, is, you know, you know, probably harder myself, like I said, and probably could have gave myself a break a little bit more. And that would have, you know, you know, made me a little bit more at, uh, not at ease, but just more, you know, clear headed and, you know, had more of a different desire, a different drive instead of beating myself down too much, you know? So, uh, yeah, a few things in there like that, but, but, you know, when you, when you're in it like that and you're, you know, your passion is that it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to, you know, balance that out. But if I had to say I was unbalanced, that was probably, you know, towards that side. That's really great advice, I would say. And uh, I think all of us in our fields, we always want to do our best, but sometimes we get so caught up in it that maybe we don't take a step back to be like, whoa, let's rein it in a little bit and like take the time to, you know, not even just take a breath of fresh air or just go for a walk in around the neighborhood or something. So it seems so weird. It seems so like that's like, okay, that wait a minute, hold on. I don't have time for that. I can't do that. You know, but it's like, when you do it, it's like, Oh, that's better. You know what I mean? And, but when you're in the middle of it, you're right. I mean, you can't, I mean, it, you know, if somebody told me 20 years ago, you need to go for a walk or, I mean, I did things, but you know, there's, you know, I probably could have done better at it. So, but, uh, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's a, uh, you know, I, but I think it, it's in, in life is a journey and in your career is a journey, whatever it is too. And, and you gotta, you know, make sure you make the most of it, but you know, there's also, give yourself a break, you know, give yourself a break or at least give yourself a uh, mental break. And I don't mean, you know, to go for a walk, but just give yourself a, you know, on a bad day, you know, on a bad day, give yourself a break. I mean, that's going to happen. That's life. And life is always full of ups and downs, but you just got to roll with it, roll the punches and, and try to see the the best in, in life, even if, in, if it gives you a lot of tough times. But I will say this before we close things out. You were one of the individuals who's always inspired me to give it my best and to see you still out there inspires me about my journey as a journalist and a racing personality. So I'm so thankful that you're still involved because my younger self still wouldn't believe what we're doing this, having this conversation. First of all, he'd mm-hmm. be beside himself because I was also a Bobby Labonte fan growing up. So I always, I never take it for granted that I had great opportunities like this to talk to you. And we have to catch up again soon because I never got a chance to talk about your JGR and 2000 championships. So we'll have to do that soon. Cause I have so many questions that my 15 year old self asked, but do you have anything you want to say to the fans before we wrap things up? Well, I'm just looking forward to this year, whether it's on TV or at a racetrack and uh, whether it's a fan at a racetrack, like we spoke about like a Martinsville, I will do some more of that this year. And, and then, um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, involvement in, in racing. I mean, I'm looking forward to, you know, being, um, uh, you know, being heavily involved in it and, you know, keep up with it. And, you know, I, I, I just, you know, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to turn that switch off and 
So, you know, I think for, for me, I'm excited about the year. I'm excited about the things that we get to do. And, you know, the, you know, the, the, you know, for me, you know, it's, um, you know, every day we get fan mail. So, right. And every day, um, you know, and not every day, but, you know, I get to go and meet people and whether they're in racing involved with it here or fans that, you know, I mean, you know, we tell stories all day about, you know, we were, you know, we were at the banquet, just say, for instance, and, you know, you, you see people that you, you know, you might have known 20 years ago where they knew somebody, you don't know them, and you meet them at the restaurant for breakfast and a cup of coffee and say hi. And next thing you know, you're talking a little bit. And his wife didn't know who I was. And he introduced her and she goes, oh, I kind of know that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and they start asking a question and, and you give an answer and then and you start telling a story. And so it's it's cool that that, you know, that really happens a lot, you know, and, uh, you know, I enjoy that. I mean, I enjoy that. And what, and to me, what I get out of that is I love meeting somebody that's like they're if at the end of the conversation, I go, well, I'm going to, I'm going to watch that now. You know, I'll keep up with that. I'll, I'll, I'll mention, you know, drivers today and then they'll go, you know, I've, I've read a little bit about it, but I had never watched a race. No, but you know what? I'm going to watch that. When's the Daytona 500? Well, it's this date. Okay. Well, oh yeah. Right. You know, I mean, it's just every conversation can intertwine into hopefully getting fans you know, engaged or involved in it, you know, and, uh, yeah, I mean, just, you know, it, it's, it's fun and exciting to me. It's like, I don't go look for that. It just happens, you know, I mean, I don't do that. So for me, again, starting off, I mean, hello, you know, we're going to race some, we're going to help some, uh, younger kid a little bit, uh, a lot, and then, uh, get to be TV and get to go to races, be fans and, you know, stay busy and I stay active and, you know, hopefully that's my health my health thing that I get to stay healthy, you know, so being active and uh, love what I do and yeah. And, and, you know, excited to be on this part of my journey too. We're excited for you for sure. I know my podium finish team loves to hear from you and I do too. Um, and we'll have to catch up again real soon. Cause yeah. uh, you're always fun to talk to Dobby. And it's such a pleasure to catch up with you again, my friend. Yeah. Well, you know how to get hold of me. Absolutely. So right. let's let's do it again soon. But everybody, okay. that was Bobby Labonte in the hot seat. Thanks again, Bobby. Yep, thank you. You got it. That was Bobby Labonte in the hot seat. And my thanks, of course, goes to Bobby for taking the time ahead of this podcast to talk about his tenure with Fox NASCAR so far, racing in the Cup Series with his brother Terry, and life in general, living in Texas to making the move into North Carolina and still continuing his career in the modified series. And yes, folks, if you're looking for your fix of Bobby Labonte on the racetrack, he does race in the smart modified tour series in the Southeast and the occasional NASCAR Wayland modified tour race during the year. So he is not done yet. And for you folks in New Hampshire, peer pressure him, make him race in New Hampshire because we know the modifieds in New Hampshire Motor Speedway are like chicken nuggets and french fries. That's right. Chicken nuggets and french fries. Am I a little hungry? Probably. But I digress. And also got to thank Megan Englehart, of course, of Fox NASCAR and Fox Sports for making that interview possible. We're going to have a few more of the Fox NASCAR crew joining us these next several weeks. So stay tuned for that. We had Kate, Caitlin Vinci. We had Jimmy McMurray, Bobby Labonte. Who is next? I ain't going to tell you. You just have to tune in. So... That was a lot of fun to have Bobby in the hot seat. Now, before we put a bow on our show, as I've been doing lately, it's our closing thoughts. So, oh, the offseason's pretty much over. We know that uh, Poxitani Phil is predicted in early spring. So 
we're going to have a really fun start to the season. I know it's single awareness day for a certain number of audience members here or Valentine's day for everyone else, whatever. It's a, it's a Hallmark holiday, but what I really care about is seeing some stock cars on the racetrack again, even if it's single car qualifying. Um, so I'm excited about that. Oh, by the way, shout out to Cornell Chu and Jared Bokanowski. They're going to be down at Daytona all week long. And yeah, if you heard in the background, my dog's even excited. Amelia can't wait for Daytona. So she, I think she was trying to make some picks, but I can't translate dog, but uh, best of luck. Oh, to, <laughs> best of luck to Cornell and Jared this coming week. Uh, you can expect to see some amazing photos from them. And in fact, Cornell will be at the Daytona 500 media day on Wednesday. So um, we'll get a lot of material from him that you'll check out on thepodiumfinish.net. Ah, for closing thoughts really quickly, I'm excited about Daytona. I love the celebrities are going to have for this time around with The Rock, um, DJ Khaled, even though I don't listen to his music, but I'm aware of who he is. So I'm not a dum-dum. I'm not a boomer. I know who he is. And I know his favorites is uh, one of his sayings is, congratulations, you just played yourself. See, I I'm getting up to date with things. Okay. Okay, yeah. Um, but I really love the honorary pace car driver. Yeah, it's for guy reasons. Okay, sorry. Whatever. Madison I, Marsh. Yes, I'm just proud because she was Miss Colorado, but she is an Arkansan. Um, and one of my friends actually went to school with her. So we freaked out when she was crowned. For those of you that don't know, we're talking about Miss America. Um, mm -hmm. And she was crowned just a few weeks ago, back in January, um, and my friend and I freaked out when she was crowned. She and is one of the sweetest people. Genuinely, genuinely a good, good-hearted individual, and also too, an Air Force pilot, I believe. Which she is. She's an Air Force pilot. As you kids would say, that's pretty baller. So, first. Armed Forces member to win Miss U Miss America. I just think that's so cool. Of course, you know, NASCAR and its connection to the military. And I'm, of course, the son of a U.S. Navy officer. I think it's so cool to see, you know, I, not to sound like A.J. Elmending or, you know, the brave women and men that do all these endless sacrifices to let us do the things we do. And Madison's one of those individuals who's done that. So good for her for serving our country and to represent our country in the, that competition later this year for Miss Universe. Hopefully she may win, maybe. I mean, Two different would, worlds. Two different worlds. Yeah. Oh, is it? So Miss Universe is the Miss USA. Oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah. So what's the one that she's going to go after now? She, she has won the highest title you can in the Miss America system. Oh, so she's, yeah. she's the NASCAR Cup Series champion then. She she is. She is the Cup Series champion. Okay. Well, if I ever get to meet her, I will I will bow to her greatness. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That would be a little weird, but I promise I won't be that weird. Um I'm 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 not an awkward guy, I promise. No, um, but it's so cool. And just to have her around, I think that just goes to show again, NASCAR paying attention to marketing, doing a good job to appealing to different audiences having the rock there i mean obviously everybody knows who he is regardless if you're almost 40 or you're only in your early 20s you know who he is uh dj Khaled again everybody knows who he is 
Madison Marsh, everybody knows who she is. I learned who she is because of Brooklyn, but most everybody else knows who she is. And if you're a dude, come on, don't be a pig. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but she's all, uh, no, she's, it's so cool. So well done, Daytona, on getting your dignitaries uh, for Sunday afternoon. And I can't wait. Oh, yeah, Pitbull. Forgot about him. He's going to perform a show. So He's he's part of the NASCAR family now. So, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like why I didn't really think about him. You know, Dale, (laughs) Casalina, whatever. Um, No, it's so cool to have all this uh, this cross-appeal that's going on. And there's so much going on at Daytona outside of the track. I mean, Hendrick Motorsports is going to have a 40th anniversary media event. I won't make any supposition about that. You'll just have to read the story on thepuddingfinish.net. So that'll be pretty cool. And yes, we will have the, the U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds that will be there as well. And I think even the Rolex 24 champions are going to be showing up at the racetrack. So it's really, really cool. The kind of celebrity, the, the, the star power that Daytona still brings, the luster is still alive in this event. So if you folks are like, oh, Daytona, whatever, no. It's still as amazing as it was when you were a kid growing up and watching Ken Squire. And if you're now almost. Yes, yes. You know, it's still it's the most amazing race to me. And as a journalist, I want to cover this event. I want to make the trip to Florida and um, hopefully I do. But I'll live vicariously through Cornell and Jared. So that's my closing thoughts. What about you, Brooklyn? Yeah, like you, um, I'm just super excited to get this season rolling. Um, I'm just anticipating all the things that a season brings. Um, the squabbles, the the highs, the lows, the work on our end. Um, I'm just ready to get rolling. I am too. We've done a lot of preseason talk. And as Dale Earnhardt would say, now it's time to get to work. So time to get to work. I yeah, I mean, we have a lot of great new members of our team and the veterans. Now that Brooklyn's a veteran, she is a veteran of our team. Um, we'll have a lot of fresh content for you folks at home to really be engaged about. So we're hoping that you'll enjoy it. Send us your suggestions and comments about our content too. We we want to hear from you folks as to who you want to hear from, from the racetrack, because you're our audience. We want to get your input. So if you want to hear more from the Xfinity series, get with us. If you want to hear from more of the truck series drivers and teams, get with us. And that's what we'll try to do this year for sure. Oh boy, I wish we could keep talking, but episode 104 is getting to its very end, as the Beatles would say in Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. So I think it's time to go and... Put a nice little shoelace bow on this episode. So, Brooklyn, let's go get this puppy all sorted out for the world of podcasting. So, for Brooklyn Jackson and Bobby Labonte, I'm your host, Rob Tionson, saying thanks so much for joining us for episode 104 of TPF Live, the world's fastest hour of racing talk. Yes, indeed, folks, you can catch all of our 103 previous episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Next week will be episode 105, which will have Brooklyn, hopefully Nathan, hopefully Jasmine Sharp. It's certainly going to feature Brianna O'Leary and another member of the Fox NASCAR crew. But as we always like to say at the end of these shows, let's all go get the checkered flag. And until next time, so long, everybody.